You see, kids, when you start when you start recording your podcast, the thing to do is to bring up immediately a, a contentious political figure. That way, you can see you can in five seconds start an interesting debate on the quali qualities of this political character, regardless of whether you feel like editing or not. Uh, I gotcha. All right. That's our cold open. Well, good morning, good evening, good night, folks. Welcome to Try Without Belts. We are back, and would you say you're in quarantine, Jeremy? Um, well, I'm definitely hunkered down in my bunker, so that's about it. So Yeah, undisclosed location. Yeah. I'm on spring break quarantine, also known as a Sunday. So... Uh, World's been in a very interesting place lately. We're really not going to try to touch on that too much because, uh, you know what? Everywhere has been touching on that, and that's pretty much everyone's waking moment right now. So yep. we're going to try to do something else today. Jeremy, what are we doing? Uh, let's, I think we're going to get into, uh, you know, going back and looking at the Karate Kid and what it, uh, what it really brought to the martial arts scene and just basically karate in general. Yeah, and how it also kind of permeated culture. It, it permeated American culture and kind of had an interesting reverberation on Japanese culture. So where where can we start with this, Jeremy? The time, the place? Yeah, I, I think that's a good good starting. I mean, because, um, I mean, with, with me... The Karate Kid came out right when I was in high school. So this is this was for you. Yeah, this was this, this was, was your movie. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, it's it's interesting how I mean it, it was kind of a storyline. I mean, and it's funny going back and watching it again, it's like, oh man, I missed that stuff in the 80s, you know, and just little little but things I, from the 80s. Driving in old in old cars and little to no accountability from parents. No, no, not not so much. I mean, just I don't know. Part of it was the times. Part of it was passion. A little bit of passion, actual decent story. Um, maybe a little bit of age of innocence. A little bit. Yeah, I mean the 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 story itself. I mean, it's basically karate. It's basically Rocky with the with with, with like karate in a weird way. Um, yeah, maybe. I mean, so but... I, well, what's funny is, I mean, I'm I'm Italian, um, and I'm from. It starts off in New Jersey, so it, I'm just like, so this is basically like a Baby Sopranos episode for the first seven minutes. Because like the first couple lines in that is like, "Yo, Jimmy, do make sure that Uncle Vinny's got the wine for you know," and like, <laughs> and it's just like, like seven minutes of just like the Karate Kid drive two 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 Caucasian two a Caucasian family driving across America. What? <laughs> yeah. Hey, that is not how it, like if you think today, that's not how that movie would have started. Well, I mean. You know, it, it is interesting. I mean, you know, back then, I mean, luck, I mean, that's how most of us went, you know, did, did trips. I mean, we didn't get on planes. I mean, we didn't have enough money to get on planes. I mean, there was, you know, st stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and, 
and, and it was it's a real interesting um we'll, we'll dig into this a little it's an in there's a story about class here yeah that is very 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 still relevant because yeah. you know very very i i i when i first saw this movie you saw it in the theaters but yeah. I first I saw this movie when I was like thirteen in the aughts, in the early aughts, and I just started karate. And my mom was like, "Hey, you need to watch the Karate Kid," and how very weirdly relevant it was. Yeah, um, I mean, there were a lot of pieces to it. I mean, if, if you bring down the characters, you know, it, it almost in one way, shape, or form, almost everybody could relate to Ding. I mean, the, the main character. Everybody could kind of relate to the guy, you know. Sometimes you just didn't quite fit in in the '80s. You didn't, you know. Most people, most of us, didn't have all the toys, all the money, all this. All you know, most of us didn't. There was time when that was being pushed, when that had kind of started being pushed real hard. Right. Right. And and what what's interesting is it, it's funny. What was it last weekend? I actually drove through my hometown and. I actually drove, drove, it's funny, I drove by the theater where I went and saw it just on, now that I'm thinking about it, I drove right by there and now it's closed and getting ready to be bulldozed, but that's okay. Um, you know, hey, progress and whatever you want to call it, but. Um, improvement. But, huh? I always like to say progress doesn't always mean improvement. But. Uh, it, it probably was from that, from that theater. <laughs> that was. I'm just saying, but, um, you know, it, it, it's funny. You, you could really, I mean, most of us, we could, re from that time frame, we could kind of relate to something that Daniel was going through, whether it was not fitting in, whether it was this or, or whatever, you know, you had somebody who was a friend who, who was kind of on the other side of the tracks and you kind of kind of felt during that time frame in the eighties, you know, those, those lines of being over on this side and that side were starting to kind of gel and things like that. But it is funny, you know, looking back, I mean, I mean, you can pick out somebody in your, or I could pick out somebody in my school. Probably most people can too, but from that time frame, everybody can pick out the gal who who was like Allie, kind of the girl next door. You kind of kind of really related to, and you could pick you, you knew that group of guys that were the Aryan race. They're all white. They're all white, blonde haired, and blue eyed. I mean, he's it's Daniel versus the Aryan race. Weird. Well, I mean. I mean, you, you you could put it that way, or you could put it as the people who are the mo most privileged, right? And you know, I mean, that's I mean, that's the biggest thing because it's like you look at that one scene where it's like Daniel sitting there in uh, this. It's a weird setup because he's like, you know, I learned karate in uh, you know at the Y, um, which everyone kind of forgets that he actually had prior karate training prior to the movie that yeah. he like went to the Y, but, you know, then he, like, looks across the street and sees this, I guess, for the time, pristine 
school just filled to the brim with privileged kids. Mm-hmm. He walks in and walks out just as scared. And they just take every and they try to take everything from him. So it's a very weird, it's an odd scene set up because his mom's just like, okay, let's eat dinner. I'm going to work. Bye. And just leaves him at dinner. Well, I mean, putting in that, that was also a little bit of symbolism for the time because right. a lot, a lot of people, including myself, a lot of us were what they called latchkey kids. And we yeah. pretty much after what fifth, sixth grade. I mean, we pretty much took care of ourselves you know mom and dad were off working and things like that and, and that was kind of the, and i think that was kind of the some i don't know if that's what they're trying to do but that was kind of how i always felt that they were trying to portray that it was like you know what hey you, you gotta deal with it one way or another you you're on your own you need to deal with this it kind of, it does also a very like uh, underhanded this is a, this is w- what a single parent needs to deal with sort of deal mm-hmm. um, single mother in the 80s having having to do everything she can for a kid even if that means riding across the country in your crappy car and trying to give them a better life even if it doesn't start out start out that way you know and i mean really i i wouldn't say i wouldn't say my generation was the first to deal with that but we were definitely probably the i'd almost say we were one of the first ones in a mass scale to deal with it yes and yeah i it it was and it's very throwaway if you notice in the movie they don't really mention it they don't really like spend time on being like where is daniel's spot we don't really know it's like they it's it's like Almost like Peter Parker, where it's just like, where is his parents? Don't know. Well, I mean, I mean, you learn that in the second one that that he actually died. You know, I mean, yeah. But I mean, kind of. Is it the Karate Kid franchise itself is a weird, sprawling mess with like a cartoon show and a, and a really bad attempted at reboot in the 2010. Thank you, Jackie Chan, Will Smith. You know, kind of consult, constraining it to like that that one particular movie you know i, I think it, it does a very interesting social commentary on just america of that time yeah. and even today how fall close to 40 35 years later something like that um yeah. it's still i remember watching it in the early aughts and feeling you yeah, know that's basically the same we get into pat uh pat Marita's character, um, Pat Marita, American hero. How much crap that guy had to go through to get the roles he he was in, including this one. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I I thought it was pretty interesting. You know, you you hear the interview from what was it? I believe it was Chuck Norris. I guess they came to him with the part, and he was like, "This isn't for me. You're looking for this kind of a character." And then they they're like. Okay, you know, and then they looked at they looked for uh, Pat Maria. So, which I think in in some ways, you know, whether it's martial arts or not, mm. I think in one way that that character kind of defines, I would say, Gen Xers in, in a way. And you're probably going, "What are you talking about?" Pat Maria's character. Pat Marita's character specifically. Yeah, Pat Marita's character. Okay. Mr. Miyagi. I think one of the things that it defines probably the majority of Gen Xers is basically our underlying tone of cynicism or 
you know, maybe that's not exactly how this really looks. Because I, I noticed that from a lot of people, a lot of Gen Xers are like, a lot of people will see something. I'm like, no, I think there's something else going on. I think, so, you know, I mean, they'll start, most most of us seem to question things a little bit more or we're a little more cynical. Because, I mean, if you look at it, I mean, to me, the best line in the whole movie is whenever Daniel Lassing is, what kind of bell do you got? JC Penny 398, you like it? You know, yeah. campus, you know, it's like most people have no clue what other people are one, going through what they're about, what they can do, what they can't do. That character, interestingly enough, the guy who wrote this, which is bad podcasting on my part for not pulling up pulling his name up, but apparently had trained with someone who had moved a uh, Okinawan guy who had moved to California and had been a student of Miyagi. Mm. And a lot of this is semi-biographical. It's the same guy who wrote Taken, uh, interestingly enough. The same oh. guy who wrote who wrote I will find you and I will kill you. It's the same guy who 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 wrote Dang like, So yeah. I think that's an inter- that's interesting little tidbit in itself. But what what's so interesting is that the first time he meets Daniel, he asks where he's where it's, it's the first or second time, I think it's in the bonsai trees, he asks him, Where is he from? Okinawa. What country are you from? Okinawa. Doesn't do anything to qualify it. Doesn't do anything to to say it's in a land. It's 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 around this. Country. Nope. Okinawa. Done. Well, no. I mean, there there is the part where he does say, "Where's that?" And he goes, "Ah, China here, Japan here, Okinawa, Okinawa here. here." Yeah. But he doesn't like. Oh, we're a part of Japan. Like, doesn't do anything like that. He's mm. just like, nope. We're Okinawa. That's it. Um, really, f- from a lot of different perspectives, I think that can be really appreciated. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean... <clears throat> because other than, what is it, what was that one, like, super, like, uh, yellow face, like, br- like, like, Marlon Brando and, like, yellow face, and, 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 and he's, like, does this, like, huge, like, uh, introdu- like introduction monologue, and it's about a U.S. soldier in Okinawa. Oh. <laughs> this movie's called, people are going to call me out on it. But uh, um, it's like the longest, it's not the longest goodbye or sayonara, sweetheart, or something like that. And it is the most jingoistic thing and does not, you cannot watch that film today. Like, it is not, it is, it is the only Western representation of Okinawa that we had from Hollywood. And it's the, one of the most offensive things I think you could find. Mm. But this artifact, this cultural artifact, yeah, actually... In a lot of good ways, respects the where where karate came from and where karate was at the time. I, I mean, in some ways, yes, but I think it it totally shifted it too. Right, because it's a, I, it's a weird cultural mirror, like in a reflection in a I weird mean, way. I mean, up until a Karate Kid, you had you had Bruce Lee, you had Chuck Norris, which don't, don't get me wrong. I love I love both of those guys. I mean I I I I, I love all most of their movies. Not not all, but I do love most of their movies. But and you had Black Belt Theater and you had Kung Fu with with David Carradine, which which was Carradine, which Bruce Lee was supposed to be the star of, and they gave his David Carradine instead. Yeah, um, I 
I will admit I do I do like the philosophy of kung fu. I I still enjoy that. But, but if we didn't have but, kung fu, we wouldn't have Quentin Tarantino. So I mean, well, there's probably some other things besides that. But <laughs> um, may may not be a bad thing if we didn't have Quentin Tarantino. Anyway. Uh, sorry, I'm not a I'm not a huge fan of Quentin Tarantino, but you know, but you know what? They're not paying me millions and millions of dollars, so you know what? Yeah, no, it's fine. I, I mean, yeah, yeah, it's just not my personal day. Sorry, Kill Bill is pretty good, but anyway, other than that, um, but you know, I mean, that's what you had up until you had the Karate Kid. It was all either competition or just street fights or. You know, I mean, just some Shaw Brothers films, like the like the, yeah, kung, like the like the classic kung fu films and stuff, which are all good. Like yeah, they're, they're all that's all a good watch. That's always a good watch. It doesn't even matter if it's bad. It's all good. I mean, you know, there's nothing wrong with watching a you know twenty minute fight sequence. You know, with every single movement highlighted and it. You know, but I, I think I think the main shift was beforehand. It was like karate and martial arts were just for competition, fighting, things like that. And then it got into this, and I think a lot of people looked at it like, you know, I I think I could do this, you know, and yeah. you know, I mean, your average Joes, and you know, and you know wimpy little kids like me i mean everything and everything in between yeah and because the cobra cobra kai is, is clearly like raises a question i've yet to explore did the the kind of the image of cobra kai create the strip mall dojo or did the strip mall dojo exist and cobra kai was just a kind of funny facsimile of that in the movie back then i i really i i think I think Cobra Kai actually really. I think the strip mall dojo somewhat existed, but it wasn't. It, it was not. I mean, it was not as huge as after after the Karate Kid. I mean, it just it it, it exploded. It, yeah, it exploded. So I think there was some. A lot of them were more. They were a part of community centers. Uh, yeah. You know gyms different things like that it also has a lot to do with the time because the 70s didn't like the 70s was not a big economic boom but the 80s was so you're able to you know buy more real estate and stuff like that but right uh, it's it's very interesting to see kind of how that all this the cobra has eaten its tail so to speak yeah, well, I guess you look at it that way, but yeah, it's yeah. I I, I would say definitely that was probably that, that was probably the really I'd say launch pad of it at that point. Yeah, and and because the one thing I do remember is this: before that, I mean, you would you would have you hear kids you know doing some taekwondo and maybe some judo, and that was. That was it. I mean, huh? Did kids do much boxing at that point? Not boxing. I mean, taekwondo and judo. Right. I mean, that was about the only things I remember as a kid from a martial arts standpoint that was around. Yeah, Um, American stuff didn't like because the coasts absorbed like probably California had the kung fu, or at least what was passing for it at that time. Yeah. Uh, like it wasn't the explosion did not happen, right? But I'm assuming this was the this was the fuse that lit it. 
Oh, I, I don't doubt that. But it, the other thing is interesting is how the different... There were many movies that came after that that kind of had that same same somewhat gist of a story to it. You know, a new, new kid in school getting picked on, you know, I mean, there were several of them that, that came after that. Um, well, and still, Stallone has come after this movie and said that they basically stole the character of Rocky, which, I mean... You listen to some of Daniel's like dialogue and stuff. You know, he kind of talks like this, and he's kind of, you know, uh, da da da. I'm like, okay, yeah, he's he's trying to do like an imitation or kind of a weird like Italian like imitation, which you like see him in like the 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 new like Cobra Kai. Like he's not talking like that at all. Yeah, well, you don't grow out of that. Well, well, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I. I'm, I don't know some of the different places I I've lived. I mean, I've I've picked up a little accent here, a little accent there. So so, but I mean, in in some ways, yeah, I, I can kind of see that. But then on the other hand, it was kind of like, well, there's, there's a stronger aspect. Sorry, um, the, the stronger aspect there with him being a kid and not and he's a kid down on his luck. Right, right. And I mean, I mean, if you look back in the eighties. A lot of the a lot of the movies from the '80s were emotionally charged, one way, shape, or form. Right. I mean, you had the Karate Kid, and I mean that's. I mean, one of the other movies that that I I really liked was. Um, I mean, I would say probably War Games. Oh yeah. I mean, which is very which has an oddly similar theme. Oh, I mean. It was definitely targeted towards, you know, high schoolers, things like that. And what was it? I, I, I was in middle school when that came out. But I remember as soon as we got out of the theater, I told mom, I'm like, mom, I want a computer. She's like, yeah, no, you're not kidding. I know what you're going to do with this. So. Well, I'm trying to make missile some slush. Well, I mean, she, she knew I'd probably been up to no good. You know, I mean, I mean, maybe she should have, because then I could have gotten my feet a little bit earlier. But that's that's beside the point. Um, but but I mean, you had you had movies like Footloose, and you had movies like um, oh geez, um, Top Gun, and you had you know uh, the right stuff. And I mean, all these different movies, and they were so Stand by Me. Stand by Me was the eighties, right? Stand by Me was eighty six. Corey Feldman. Let's not get into that. Um... Yeah, no, no, no. But I mean, all of them were somewhat directed towards you know teenagers and, and going through that. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, e- even the fun ones like Ghostbusters and things like that. I mean. Everybody loved that stuff. It's like, wow, that's really cool, you know. And the not just is in, internally in these movies, did they say it's the eighties? Anything can happen because hey. Karate Kid it nails that right on the head. Hey, you know, um, I mean that that's kind of I mean that's kind of how we were brought up. I mean, it's like, hey, it's the eighties, eighties, you make anything happen, you know. No, that was somewhat true, but I mean, going going back to the Karate Kid, I mean, right. like I said, it 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 really it really shifted people's thoughts on martial arts. I mean, instead of instead of being just flat out competition, fighting this that, and the other thing, it's like, you know, there's a lot of good to this. I mean, you know, hey, I think I can do this kind of thing. So. I think that really brought a lot of people out 
from their shell. And what's funny is I even see a lot of people even in their shell even today. Yeah, yeah. And um, I think I was talking with someone else yesterday about you know karate in its future, and they kind of you know, they were like saying, "Well, karate's day is done," and I'm like, "Is it? I don't think so. I don't think I don't." And I think it, you come back to these kind of basic lessons that go on here is that you know karate was a way of living in a lot of was just as much as a way of living here as was a way of you know fighting right and just like so many little good drops just kind of came out of this movie like from miyagi doesn't matter how much karate you know it matters what how good you are at the karate you know um don't you know you don't need to look you it's not about winning it's about it's about proving it's about proving something to yourself and to others you know stuff like that that being said here's a question was Miyagi really a good teacher I mean you know it's it's interesting there because he kind of just took Daniel to the beach to go fishing and he just kind of said yeah go kick at the waves I'm gonna go fish you know, <laughs> just cause cuts to. I know they had a kind of cut to show the crane kick thing, but it's just like, yeah, just go kick at the waves. Well, what, what's, interesting, what, what's interesting is, you know, I I look at you know a lot of my you know the time that I had with uh, you know Mr. Oyata. There's a lot of similarities to how he taught and how Mr. Oyata taught. I mean, th- I mean, he he'd say do this, and then he'd walk away, and then you'd either figure it out or you'd come back and tell you you're, you're stupid. You know, I mean, it's you know one or the other. It was, I mean, and then he'd show you a little bit more, and then you'd have to figure it out. Um, so I mean. There, there were definitely some similarities to it. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I mean, there might. I don't want to do any comparison, personality comparisons on here, but it's also like, yeah, Miyagi. He had a, you know, he had this like kind of dinky little job, but his place was awesome. He had this like massive house with like five cars at least that he just wasn't using. Like was beautiful, like porched and deck and and all this other stuff. And like all these bonsai trees, and like one day he's like he's like got a Hawaiian shirt on. He's going out on the town, just telling Daniel to lock up when he's done. Like Miyagi is like a player in a lot of ways in this movie. I mean, it goes back to one of the quotes in the movie. You know, him and Daniel are having a real intense argument, and and then he basically said, "Not everything is a thing." And and if you look at it from life, you know, getting back to the whole skepticism thing, you know. Just because something appears to be good doesn't mean it is good. Right. You know, and I mean, not, not that we're talking about Cobra Kai, the the, the add-on series now, which I, I will say this, I I have quite enjoyed that. It's been quite fun. I but, try to get into it, but I was just like, yeah. I, I will I will say this. The first season was fantastic. The second season I'm still kinda Supposedly I mean, assuming that the current the current world crisis is stopping season three from being produced, but supposedly season three is gonna happen and it's probably already been filmed, but um, Yeah, I think it's already been filmed. Out. I mean I think it's supposed to come out April April twentieth or something like that. It was some Something like that. But the, the interesting thing was when there's a scene where Johnny and Daniel kind of get together and they actually spend some time time just kind of sitting in a bar, just kind of just 
reminiscing of old times and Daniel was kind of like you know I thought you had everything he goes yeah I had a lot of fun toys but not everything was good just because I had that and it goes back to not everything is a thing right and you know you 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 look at some of the philosophy from from the original two or three movies with however many you want to watch I mean let, let, let's let's reserve it to, to just maybe the first two. Third one kind of goes off on the rails a little. Well, the sad thing is, I liked what the third one was trying to do, but they really didn't do a very good job of it. But I, I understand what they were trying to do, but it wasn't very good. Brown Macho was like 30 in that movie. And he was, apparently the girl he was supposed to be opposite of was like 16. Yeah, so I'm like, yeah. Yeah, he, he started showing his age just a little bit. So. A little bit, a little bit. Yeah, but I, mean, but I mean, some of those things, you know, a lot of the things like, like even from the second, the second Karate Kid movie when they, when they filmed it in Okinawa and it's like. They did not film it in Okinawa. Well, there was there were some there were some scenes that were in Okinawa. Nope, it was one hundred percent in Hawaii. Apparently, apparently well, they were not able to they were not able to because of the bases there and stuff at that time. They were not able to. They might have got exterior shots or something like that. But I, I, I think that's what it was because I remember when we did our when I went to Okinawa, we went through a tour of where some of those scenes were some of them were shot in like the great big thing that they used as the as the old cannery and all that kind of stuff was there and i mean you're you're looking at it as like wow that doesn't look anything quite. now now what they might have done is they might have recreated it over in hawaii or something like that but Which i mean is- but it, it was i mean now if you ask me where it's at i I would say go on the bus because I have no clue how to get there. But I do remember going by there. When, I mean, we, we stopped for just a little bit. And, I mean... That might have been gifted from Hawaii to Okinawa, which might have been what it was. Well, I I don't know. I mean, I mean Mr. Oyata had pointed out that these are the things that, that, were, in, that were shot for the I don't know. I can't remember if he said it was for the movie or it was what was used as the backdrop in the movie or whatever. But I mean, because supposedly with this third season of Cover Guy, they're gonna uh, come back. It's like actually the first time they're going to Okinawa. They're like they like any principal photography is being supposedly. I don't know, but. The two, I have a little bit of a little more of an ire towards. Yeah. Uh, to be honest, because of how, because this is the thing I love about one is that about the first one, um, is that it go it it had its heart when it really uh, when you know he's going through when basically Daniel's walking in and Miyagi's drunk and uh, he's got the picture of his of his of his wife and his pregnant wife and Daniel kind of realizes kind of the horrid tragedy this guy this immigrant had gone through to to become American and it was all taken away from him yeah um because even though he's got all these things he's got a nice house he's got five cars apparently that he can just give away uh, um without any sort of license or registration you know that that was the most key moment for me and i think that rings true because he turns around and then sees 
you know, his opposite, uh, the sensei, basically, I think there's something to be said for PST, uh, PTSD in here because you have, because there's a shot in there where he said it's like the, the Cobra Kai sensei was like in the military and like had been like in the second platoon of something like that. Yeah. So they're both veterans of war teaching these kids now or teaching those kids at that contemporary time. And one one is, I think, maybe taking out their frustration in one way. And one's trying to teach, you know, in terms of the sensei from Cobra Kai, taking out his frustrations and telling his, his guys to, you know, win anything, win at any, any, any point possible, no mercy, all this other stuff. And the other one is clearly trying to, to create a better life for the kid. Well, I mean, I mean, you... I, I guess that's one way to look at it. The other way to look at it is, you know, you know, during during the Vietnam era, you know, the green, you know, if you were a Green Beret, I mean, you were dropped into some pretty crazy situations. Right, and that's I mean, so maybe not so much PTSD, but more. Hey, I'm bringing survival into this into this dojo. I'm, you know, I'm I'm bringing what I learned through through thick and thin. But then you also look at look at Miyagi or Pat Marina's character or Miyagi-san, and it's and it's basically you you look at it from that perspective, and it's like, yeah, he's bringing that to the to the teaching but also but it's much had a lot more years of wisdom behind yeah. that as well yeah and that's yeah. that's why i think it's it, and it definitely shows in both of the students now we didn't want to get into like the actual like karate of it because some people being like i know what style cobra kai is and i, I mean I, I, i'll be i'll be perfectly honest i really I mean, that's been debated so many times. I mean, you can go out on so many forums and this, that, and the other thing. And right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's clearly Japanese karate. It's right. clearly like they're clearly like it's clearly sport karate done. Right. In, yeah. Done in kind of a more I don't know like put them on the ground type way. Yeah. But when you get into the tournament at the end, like they've been like everyone's taken this like like weird like down stance and then like, daniel's like in this weird like hunched over state like cat stance and he, like it doesn't look like he, you know, like he like doesn't doesn't seem to know what he's doing and like every, they just kind of like launch at each other one of the things that i i see from how they portray daniel's character in the <coughs> in the in the fight scenes and in the tournament setting was one was a counterpuncher. I mean, right. you know, he's waiting for them to make a move that he's going to move. Okay, cool. The other part of it is, I don't know if they meant to do this or one of the things that I took from it or maybe, well, what ended up happening is I made it mean more than what it really was. And that's okay too. But how I kind of look at it is, he wasn't really showing much other than just Okay, this is what I'm comfortable with. I'm not going to show anything flashy. I'm just going to go with what I know. Boom, boom, boom. You know, right. just kind of conceal what he really knew. And if you kind of look at it from that perspective, it's like, you know, he really doesn't look like he can he can punch. He doesn't look like he can kick out of that. But he manages to do it and make it work for him. And wins. And, and, well, well, of course, it wins because otherwise you wouldn't have a story. But, you know, I was kind of... 
Well, uh, gonna... Rocky one. Excuse me. Hey, hey, still Rocky two's better. So it's... I would find that statement debatable, but that's not a time where the, 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 the there there are a couple parts in Rocky two I absolutely love. Now, probably the overall story, yeah, Rocky better. But anyway. But, I mean, you look at it from that perspective, you know, yeah, he was, if you look at it as kind of a counterpuncher, but also he's kind of, he wasn't really showing his hand. And, no. and, and in that in that aspect, I, I, I kind of gravitate more towards that as kind of how or what I've picked up in my, my training over the years. So, but I do really like in, in, the, in the movie, in, once they like start, like they go to the tournament and and they're just like, we don't know how any of this works. We just said we'd show up. <laughs> like, and, and Miyagi is just like, like he's like, well, he can't uh, participate unless he's a black belt. Oh, no, he's a black belt. Okay. Straight up steals the guy's black belt out of his bag as he's talking to him. You know, I... <laughs> and this is like, that's why I'm like saying like, is Miyagi really a good teacher? Because he's like other parts of the movie, he's just like, yeah, can you drive? But Mr. Miyagi, I don't have a license. Neither do I. Let's go. And he's got like five cars. Straight up gives him a car, beats up children. Well, I mean, you knew he, I mean, you know he knew. I mean, he was just kind of, I think, it, you know, looking back on that lesson, he was really looking at trying to humble Daniel a little bit in, in some ways where it's like, you know, hey, if you, you want to talk the talk, go right ahead. How many people do you know that talk too much, a lot more than training? Oh, too many. Too many. Some people say we do. Well, yeah. I mean... I, look, I'm not going to judge all that. That's not my place. It's whatever. But, I mean, because, I mean, I mean, like, before they get into the truck, you know how to drive? Yeah. Okay, go ahead. You know, and it's like, okay, show. You know, and it's, you know, it goes back to my lessons with Mr. Yada. Okay, go ahead, show. Show show how that works. Okay. Oh, the irony of that statement. Yeah. Um. Oh, you, you, Not yet. Touch that one with a ten-foot pole. But you want me to show? <laughs> oh, some famous last words. Oh my goodness, yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, all, 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 all I can say is this: whenever that statement came out, it was it. Your answer should be no, no. Don't let you. Let me learn. <laughs> Gonna keep that away with a five foot ball. Five foot ball. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, it, it, it was all good. But there's, there's a, there is a, that is a very good point though. That kind of have to show what you, what you need to do. I mean, but that, that being said, like straight, straight up, straight up property theft and breaking the law. Don't do that, kids. Don't, don't steal people's yeah, stuff. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, yeah, yeah. We won't get into that too much, but I mean. The, the other part I like was, you know, whenever hit him in an alley or on the floor and the judge comes up and is like, oh, you can't be on the floor. I was like, oh, well, he's his teacher and he doesn't understand. You know, and he starts starts talking. Oh, you're, you're reminding him of, oh, well, that's fine. Oh, oh, thank you. Oh, welcome. You know, and he walks off. You know, it's like, it's... It, and that is and that is the kind that is that is like that and the time the part where him and Daniel go into go into Cobra Kai and leave Cobra Kai 
and they're just kind of walking out backwards. Mm-hmm. And that, that was kind of like the very interest, the very good physical comedy that Batman should had. Well, I mean, the other thing though is, I mean, one of the things I, after watching that movie for what thirty-five years now, I mean, I mean, one of the things I got from that was, okay, I mean, if, from what I've gotten from from my lessons and stuff. Whenever something like that occurs, there's not a lot of trust between those two people. You're not taking your eyes off of them, period. Right. So, and it's interesting how that's shown up a couple times just in meetings I've had in my companies and stuff I've worked for over the years. There have been times when I've had meetings with people that I don't trust, and I will not take my eyes off of them. Right. Um, Even so much so, I had several years ago i mean it kind of relates to this but um i didn't trust a vendor because i'd found that they'd been charging us about five to seven thousand dollars a month more than what they should have been and i i followed them out and they're like oh after you i'm like uh-uh no 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 you guys go i'm not taking my eyes off you. and they're like well how can we gain your business back i'm you're not you come back on premises security will escort you off or have you arrested and they were just kind of shocked i'm like just don't come back period it's like you guys basically stole five to seven thousand dollars of course that didn't set well with them and at that point i didn't care and got to a pretty heated argument and finally I just said, look, we're done. Get out. Bye. But the bottom line was is I didn't take my eye off them the entire time. And I I've I've had to deal with different people. But I mean that goes back to the training of, of trust and learning how to trust people. I mean, do you trust somebody or don't you? You walk out. Yeah, I mean I mean, if you walk out, how are you walking out? Are you walking out where you you don't want to make sure you got eyes on them? Or yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, just just different things like that from the movie. I've always picked up on you know, I uh, I, you know, I'm trying to put that into more real life setting as opposed to oh, this right. is a fun movie, you know. I was like, no, I mean, there's a lot of great wisdom in those movies. I mean, and I think that's that's what has made it so. This one has made it permeate so much, I think, within the culture. Yeah. That, like, a lot of it just rings true. Like, the the translation, the, how they get, got kind of sold in Japan was, um, it's not even called Karate Kid. It's called Besto Kido, like, Best Kid. Um, and I think it's kind of, especially those scenes, you know, where Miyagi is trying to teach Daniel about his culture and kind of about how karate is more balanced and it's more balances out from um, what Cobra Kai would, would teach somebody um, is kind of more of a reflect reflection of that culture to a different culture. So it'd be like seeing your own culture broadcast in a different culture in a different in a different setting, um, which goes over much differently than I guess going to high school in America in the eighties. Um, so I, I, I still miss the eighties. Don't get me wrong. So it's kind of it's the eighties. Anybody can do anything. Hey, man, you, you had that and you had Tiffany and Debbie Gibson playing in the mall. So it's kind of, it's all good. But which malls are now almost all shut down now. But anyway. <laughs> after 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 what's going on now, they will definitely all be shut down. Yeah, that, that and Bananarama. But, you know, it, it was funny. That, that came on 
Cruel Summer came on on the radio the other day, and it was it was quite entertaining. And I found myself just singing along with it, you know, just kind of bopping down the road, you know. But you know, but anyway, sorry, I just kind of. You know. But what's interesting is, you know, when when I was a kid watching it, I didn't pick up a lot of the a lot of the wisdom that was actually in that movie. But in it, even in the first two, yeah, you know. One of them, one of the things that was said in the in the beginning of the second one, and I've really I've really tried to live by that rule ever since I saw that movie. And that was never put passion before principle. Even if you win, you lose. Yep. And man, I mean, how true is that? I mean, through throughout your entire life, I mean, you put. I mean. There's one thing to have passion about something, but if it, if it goes against your moral fabric and it goes against the principles you believe in, what what There's good no was it? Yeah, what good was it? And that's why, you know, that's the thing. Like at the the core of it, karate is supposed to teach that. You know, I get a lot of blowback from people who say, "Well, that stuff wouldn't work." This does, you know, how. You know, karate itself doesn't doesn't work anymore. You know, we have realistic, um, we have more realistic understanding of how to do hand to hand combat. You know, we've been had we've had a realistic understanding of how to do hand to hand combat for a long time. Karate is based on that. Yeah. The biggest the biggest thing I think at its best. See, I've seen it at its kind of as worst in weird culty ways. At its best, karate is going to teach you, going to teach you that exact lesson. To put you know to put a calm to put a calm head before a hot one, right? Yeah, and, and, and I mean, it goes. How much is that going to avoid situations where you would actually need to use karate? Right, and I, I mean that goes back to I'll never forget the breakfast when I that I had that one day with Mr. Yada across the street from the hotel. We, we were up early in the morning and we were just kind of chit chatting and stuff and him and mr Logue and myself it, it was it, it was it was the only time the three of us we were together and mr yana says you know, you know what the secret really is to self-defense from all this stuff and the one you know and i'm just i'm just trying to take in whatever he's going to tell me and he says to give yourself enough time to make up your mind on what you're going to do before you do it. And I mean, that gets back to, you know, you know, principle and passion and gets, because yeah. Okay. Yeah. If you get into, you know, a hardcore fighter competition. Yeah. I mean, there's going to be passion. There's going to be emotion. There's going to be a lot of stuff going on, but if I'm not mistaken, there's a black belt cover of Mr. Oyata, um, that they wanted him to be angry or something like that when he's doing a technique on somebody. And instead of being angry, he just smiles or something. I mean, I, I've never, ever seen this, but I this, this is a story that I've heard. I don't know. I've never seen the actual footage of it, but I've heard it from multiple people. That, yeah. He decided to smile for for it, and that's what the cover was. Black Belt Magazine would probably is on my radar or something to talk about. Yeah, well, time. but yeah, I mean, that's. I think I know the one. I think I know the one they're trying to talk about. I don't think it. I think it might. It might have been not published or not widely published. Like I said, I've I've never seen it. I've just I've 
I've heard the stories from people that came many, many years before me, but I, I mean, I can't validate it I, other than just to say, yeah, I've, I've heard this, but whether it was or not, it, it, it's a good story to learn from because basically it's like, don't take it so serious that you got to just annihilate somebody. And it yeah, goes, you and don't it, need to get a body bag. Yeah. I mean, it goes back to the it goes back to the story that I talked about that you know I was at a convenience store and somebody was getting ready to pull a gun on and I mean I I literally had a complete clear shot I I mean I had a clear shot straight to his neck I could have crushed his carotid and killed him right there boom as, as a possibility but I was able enough to keep my head and basically have everybody walk out of there without any altercation, without anything like that, and still got the guy not to do what he was going to do. Right. And I think I think that's the part that's missed in a lot of martial arts today is do you have do you really have to use all this or going back to one of the lessons. You know, Daniel Sons on the on the bones like you train in karate fighting, you train to fight, you know, and Miyagi says, Is that what you think? No. Then why train? So you don't have to fight. Bingo. Not to say that it's not there when you need it, but sometimes you don't. I mean, sometimes there's a better option. And which is in that exact sentiment. It's interesting the tra- trajectory of that has gone from at least probably that is something that has been said to people for generations and generations, found its way as a kernel in that cultural artifact, kind of became a trope in training, that went away, and now is something I think needs to kind of come back in, come back into to fold within training. And, and this also shows that of, of the actual toughness of training, like Daniel's like doing stuff a hundred, like four or five hours at a time, like yeah. just straight and like we, we can kind of criticize you know how you know, Ralph Macchio really understood understood what he was doing with karate or not. Apparently Fumio Demura, the he he did a lot of karate books back in the eighties and nineties, uh, was the consultant on this. So that, like, that I know Pat Johnson had a lot to do with it. Who was the referee? Yeah, and, and so yeah, they're trying to show Goju, but they had a Shitoryu person. Four hours of training. Four hours of training. Four days of four hours of training. Training, 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 training. Kind of like, I don't want to say mindless training, but like just intense training. Stuff karate dojos are kind of trying to get away from because they're trying to look like more like sport-oriented type deals or, or yeah, like no. fitness gym type deals. And and I, I think I think that's where a lot of people are missing out on. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it's... It's great to be a great technician, a great soldier, be able to do stuff. But if you don't have the wisdom to be able to say, you know what, there's a time and place for everything. Maybe this is the time, maybe it's not. Guess so. That, that's another one of my favorite quotes in there when he, he sits down with Daniel and goes, Ah, oh, Daniel, you cry to do yes, you cry to do no, you cry to do guess so. And squish, just like great. You know, and I mean, 
there's a lot to it in that statement. It's like, you know, you can either, you know, yeah, I'd be grouty, or no, I don't do nothing, or it's like, eh, yeah, I do a little bit, you know, I've, I've trained a little bit, you know, and it kind of comes out that way. So, yeah. and I, I don't know, I mean, I mean, we, we could probably go on for hours about just different things that come out of that. Yeah. And <laughs> movies i mean it's and i th- i think you know we can probably kind of curtail it to saying like though i think there's probably negatives that had come out of it with karate culture and you know the franchise of karate kid and possibly like the jokeification of, of karate at its core this movie really does better represent karate than other things there's, of course, going to be negatives and poor stereotypes that kind of came from it. But I think there's a lot of good lessons that can still be learned from it. Oh, absolutely. I mean, absolutely. I mean, it's funny. I I showed it to my kids not too long ago for the first time. And it, it, it's interesting. I mean, they loved it. And my daughter still, every once in a while, she'll ask me a question about, it. what does that mean? What does this mean? You know, and so there, there's a lot. There's Dad, a lot. Honey bagging. Huh? Dad, what's a body bag? <laughs> Don't want to know. So, but um, no, I mean, there, there's just a lot of good things from those. I mean, you know, I, I I would love to see you know another movie come out, you know, like something like that that grabs people's thought process and changes kind of the way they think about things. I think that's what has made this stand the test of time in a lot of ways. Yeah. And sequels and movie and, and TV shows and like whatever, like and bad, bad reboots and all this other stuff. That's what makes this thing, despite everything else, stand out. Is that this ultimately changed things for the <laughs> and good, bad, in between. It helps change things and help push hopefully has pushed people in a better direction for having it around. I yeah. certainly guess. Yeah, and I mean you know, I mean, you look at some of the other movies that came out afterwards, like oh, oh, oh. You, you we'll know, get to like, that. don't worry, folks, we'll get to that. No, I mean, like, I mean, I mean, you look at you look at a lot of the Steven Seagal and John Claude Van Damme, and you know, and even some of the Chuck Norris stuff. I mean, it's still kind of a you know some type of fighting, but one of them that we were talking before before we started was one called Remo Williams and that Which was Which I one. had not heard of before. And I it's funny, I, I just picked that up on DVD this this week. Um I've been wanting to get it and I'm like, I hadn't seen this in forever and I just I, I I absolutely love the movie, and it, it, a lot of the lessons make me think of things that you know, Sensei Oyata would talk about. It, it was, I mean, just things like you know, don't don't be stupid. You know, like there, there's there there's one scene, and I know we're talking about Karate Kid, but there's one scene where the guy, he yeah, we, we, we would be remiss if we didn't talk about this even a little bit because this yeah. was, this is news to me. Yeah, I mean, there's one scene, I, I love this scene, I mean, this this was kind of a, this brought back a ton of memories from my lessons, and he, he tells the guy, he goes, put your hands behind your head, and, you know, and he, he he leaves him there, and all of a sudden he turns around, and, and uh, the guy who's teaching him, he comes around and kicks him right in the groin. He goes, I didn't tell you to keep him there. I just told you to put your hands behind there. 
And so it's like, in that aspect, is like, you know, you got to think through things. You just can't, just can't assume things and just kind of go about your life. Can't be a robot. Can't be a robot. And, no. and I think sometimes we get into that when we're training and stuff. We need more teaching. Yeah. So, but anyway, so. That's all good. Um, cool. Well, I think that about gets us to where we want to go on that. Right now, a lot of people aren't doing too well and you know really wish everybody you know the best stay home stay safe and i hope us yarning about karate kid and 80s movies and and trying to make ridiculous statements for an hour or so has given a little relief to what's been going on absolutely need, need to be a little little less serious right now just kind of have a little fun for right now so there you go. That's what we're all here for. All right. Well, thanks for listening, and everyone, stay safe, be good, and uh, where you can, don't forget to keep trying. <laughs>